0: What do you think of what's
1: going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason Moral. There are much
0: more powerful international forces in play. Is this Pink Guy? Is this what Pink Guy is? I
1: don't fucking know what's happening. <laughs> cool. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but
0: guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want the to do this way, but I ain't spending any time, mate. Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes.
1: And I'm Joel Hill, and today we're having a long, hard look at Albanian crime syndicates. Oof,
0: spicy. Mm, Albanian crime syndicates are looming as the world's most powerful and violent transnational groups. They're here in Australia, and wherever they do show up, there's
1: bound to be, A, a lot of crime going on, and B, people are getting shot to death in the street. How troubling. So the Albanian crime syndicates are certainly not the only perpetrators committing violent crime on our streets. Let's not pin their blame on them for everything. But mm-hmm. as Jack will show, the Albanian syndicates are on the rise. They are pulling their weight, and it looks like they're impossible to stop, Jack. It's uh, the train's it, in motion.
0: It, it'd almost, almost be as hard as stopping you from drinking,
1: Joe. Oh, you had to have a go. I don't actually have a drinking problem, Jack. I have a beer problem, and it's different. <laughs> you see, if you put a little bottle of vodka in, in front thing, of me and just waited... It wouldn't move much. It's not a drinking problem because because vodka tastes like Russian toilet cleaner. Unless, of course, it's heavily mixed with something that isn't vodka and then it's drinkable. That's like It's like drinking poison. Beer is delicious. You can just crack a tin and it's lovely. And you know where this is going. CB Co Beer is especially delicious. Ah, and uh, yes. don't just take my word for it. Go I out and wondered, find out yourself.
0: I wondered when our sponsor was... Got to be nine.
1: Uh, well, look, to be fair, it, it is pretty good shit. Uh, but uh, they've got a new beer out, which is called uh, Hazy. It's in these purple tins. Uh, it's just a sort of bloody nice New England pale ale. You'd fucking hate it. It's very fruity. Um, mm. But, like, fruity in a beer kind of way. People who like fruity beer would understand that. It's not actually fruity. Um, but, yeah, it's got that sort of grapefruit pale ale vibe, which is really – it's lovely. It's fresh. It's just come out. It's, uh, it's delicious. It's a juicy beer. It's a really good Nipah. Uh, so go and get some. Basically, it's on the website for 90 bucks a case. Um, you can get that alongside IPA for, for 80 if you want or oh, $17 for a four-pack at the shops, which is really not bad. Most mm. competing beers are like 25 bucks for a four-pack. This is a bargain. So, yeah, I'd jump jumping on that. Through Coles, I believe. And to show this is
0: not all about beer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually really all about drugs. Uh, and uh, sex trafficking. But I digress because in order to keep this show running and bring in quality content, we need your help.
1: Yes, listeners, for as little as $5 a month, you can help us keep this thing of ours going.
0: Yeah, that's La La Cosa Nostra, I should say, which is translated as Our Thing. Uh, and not the Albanians, of course, who probably have uh, uh, a motto, but uh, we don't know what it is.
1: No, no. It should be my cozy nostrils. But they do blend together. We'll, we'll talk about this later,
0: how uh, the Albanians uh, collaborate a lot with the Italian mafias mm. in various form, Camorra and Drangera and, uh, and uh, La Cosa and Austria, LCN.
1: Well, simply go to patreon.com backslash the kitchen yes. release program and weigh in with a few dollars. You know, look, basically, don't buy yourself a bag this weekend and you can give us basically a year. That would be
0: nice. <laughs> would and be in nice. doing so, you'll have a raft of bonus content to enjoy, premium patron-only episodes, Zoom calls with Joel and I, and a ton of stuff, which is almost free. Oh, almost almost.
1: Yeah, seriously, if you forgo one bag, you could do an entire year. You'd be getting access to us like no, one, nobody's business. Send us DMs and annoy us. You know, you could ask me a few questions. But great. We do need money, though, uh, yes. so please stop us from we falling do. into the clutches of organised crime. We'll uh, miss, please. You know, we need to pay rent. We really do.
0: Yeah, please, listen to this. Joel could be shot like a dog in the street, and I might have to go and live in Doha, and the heat will play
1: Mary Hill with my skin. You'll look like Eric Trump. So that's <laughs> enough begging for us but now because it's time to get on with our rabbit hole on organized Albanian crime syndicates. There you go. said in our premium episode from two weeks back in previewing this episode, there are some uncomfortable moments when talking about ethnically based crime groups. Ooh. Yeah, there are many Ooh. such
0: groups active in Australia, Lebanese. Mm-hmm. The Russians have been active in Australia for decades, oh, especially bless. in Melbourne's southeast. Oh, there sucks. are Afghan gangs, Lebanese yep. gangs, and of yep. course the Italian syndicates. LCN, we mentioned before, the Sicilian Mafia. Mafia hasn't had a lot of influence in Australia, okay. but in, And Drengera, the uh, Calabrian Mafia, which has been active in and around Melbourne's fruit and vegetable markets for decades and in regional Victoria and New South Wales. I thought Uh, this was uh, a stereotype.
1: Yeah, or Griff- well, Griffith, yeah, I saw, like, a- an ABC thing on that, but, like, the idea that you've got the-, the gangsters sitting around having coffee at fruit and vegetable markets, I always just thought that was a joke. No, oh, it's
0: standover extortion records. They're not there. I mean, they're only there to cause trouble. Um, yeah, huh. um, but they've been around for a while. in many ways, the Albanian syndicates are similar and sometimes work hand-in-hand with Indrengida. They share many things in common. Both evolved from clans in impoverished areas where mistrust of the state and poverty drove people towards the clans for protection, uh-huh. and in many cases, a degree of economic certainty.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Now, we have no issues with the people of Albania. Albanian is a demonym, not a race. Uh, demons. And Albania... Not demon. That is what we call people from a certain country. A demon. Uh Aha. And uh, Albania is a country under Maoist dictator Enver Hoxha, became the sort of North Korea of Europe for many years. His one party, the Party of Labor, and I only just found out this Labor without a U, which is very, very rare and and, uh, only shared with the Australian Labor Party. But the Party of Labor of Albania, without a U, had once embraced the Soviet Union and received aid and grain shipments from the Soviets. But in the mid-1960s, Hoxha shunned the Soviet Union and turned instead to Mao's China. Hoxha condemned the Soviets for its invasion of Czechoslovakia in 1968. It turned to China, who themselves had gone into diplomatic isolation during the Cultural Revolution. And China remained Albania's only diplomatic ally in the whole wide world. When Nixon visited China in 1971, Hoxha claimed China had betrayed Albania.
1: This guy's so fucking moody. Uh, Yeah, he
0: was. Just calm down. After some angry back and forth, China's aid to Albania ended in that same year, 1971, leaving Albania under Hoxha without an ally and no major trading
1: partner. He's just like a a leader who likes taking tantrums at the expense of his country. Absolute rat bag. Don't do do that.
0: Political and religious repression in Albania in Albania raged during this period, with an estimated twenty five thousand extrajudicial killings. Ugh. Followers of, of of Albania's predominant religion, Islam, were also persecuted. Oh, that's nothing toxic. Toxas said, "Cool." Uh, the only religion is Albanian.
1: Wow, uh, that's, so- that's yeah. I mean, look, I, I like an agnostic when I find one, but like at the same time. People want to practice. you got to let them practice. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: biggest, big Islamic population and a big Catholic, Roman Catholic population too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and many of those face per- persecution, particularly the Muslims. How pointless. And state torture was commonplace. Hoxha died in 1995, and the regime realised it had to drag itself out from isolation. Mm-hmm. When Nicolae Ceausescu was executed in an anti-communist revolution in Romania in 1989, mm-hmm. Hoxha's hand-picked successor decided to speed up the pace of political reforms more to save his own neck. But, ooh, yeah. if they did that to Ceausescu, they could do it to me. They could. Um, and also
1: just how good is the word Ceausescu? Um, It's one that John Oliver says really well. I love just that word. It's just a great word. You look at the spelling and you're like, how the fuck am I going to deal with that? And then someone says it and you're like, I still don't know how that works out. Anyway, look up his name. It's a bizarre spelling. Anyway,
0: elections took place in Albania in 1991 and Alia, the then ruler and successor of Fox's, uh, his ruling Labor Party won But there was no turning back the tide. And in 1992, just a year later, the Democratic Party won a new round of elections. The transition to a free economy was beset with corruption, sort of pint-sized version of Yeltsin's cronyism and state theft in the old Soviet Union. And this led to further unrest and social upheaval in Albania. Yeah. And finally, in 1998, Albania ratified a new constitution which promoted democratic elections and the rule of law and guaranteed fundamental human rights. Oh, But after decades of economic catastrophe, religious and political persecution, Albania remains uh, a nation with one of the lowest GDP per capita in all Europe. I think it's number five. Uh, The embrace of capitalism has generally been good for Albanians, but with it comes some negative effects, including the rise of criminal cartels engaged in human trafficking, drug smuggling and political crimes. It is little wonder then that Albania would in part at least turn to crime uh, and express export its criminal activities around the world and notably in Australia. Albania is such a hub of smuggling and drug trafficking. Now, it has been acknowledged as Europe's first narco state. It is little wonder then, that Albania would, in part, at least turn to crime and export its criminal activities around the world and notably in Australia. Albania is such a hub of smuggling and drug trafficking. Now, it has been acknowledged as Europe's first narco state. And there is a long history to Albanian migration to Australia going all the way back to the 19th century. The Albanian diaspora in Australia includes settlements in Adelaide, Perth, Sydney and Melbourne and Shepparton, where the biggest expat population exists.
1: Nice. So in the 2016 census, there were 4,041 Australians who identified as having been born in Albania and a further 15,901 who identified as being of Albanian heritage, maybe, you know, sort of second gens or something. In August 2020, a crowd of approximately 100, mainly Albanians, protested lockdowns in the Melbourne suburb of Dandenong. But otherwise, there's no real links to anti-vax groups or the broader freedom movement. Just, you know, had a gutful.
0: Yeah, on my, that's that's on my reading of reports, the same thing. You know, this group just hit the streets, frustrated with lockdown provisions, as many people were, of course, and especially those in lower socioeconomic groups. Also, yeah, I don't blame living in Dandenong is hard work, mate.
1: Yet. <laughs> I haven't you know, heard particularly good under those
0: circumstances. So they all got out in the streets. Uh, there were uh, there supposed to be a few Serbs, but mainly Albanians
1: who they had were, a bit of a chat. Uh,
0: yeah, police got involved, and I think yeah. a few a few fines were handed out, which made yeah. them even crosser. But yeah, yeah, but that was just lockdowns. So there's no sort of connection with the cooker movement, uh, and most Albanians, uh, you know, four thousand of them in Australia, you know, live good lives. That's really not the point we're trying to make here.
1: Ah, it's not those Albanians or any others around Australia that are the problem, right? It is the Albanians who have come to this country more recently, rorting Australia's immigration laws that are the problem. Yes,
0: yeah, so let's dive into what they get up to and how these recent arrivals in Australia are changing the criminal environment here. The Albanian mafia is known as Skiptare, Sh- which sounds quite exotic, but yes. really, it is just a translation of the Italian term mafia into Albanian.
1: It kind of sounds like the um, uh, slur for white Australian, skippy. You skippy, skippy, you
0: skippy. S-H-Q, so that's going to be a tricky one to pronounce.
1: It's a mouthful, yeah. Uh,
0: and it's a generic term. The skiptare are broken up into organisations basically around clan and family associations uh, and, and geo- geographic locations in Albania. Many of the clan... Uh, based groups lie in the northwest of the country. And the Australian Crime Intelligence documents prepared by the Australian Crime Commission outline what they refer to as Albanian organised criminal group's five-stage life cycle. Mm -hmm. First, they say, people are recruited in their home regions in Albania, sometimes on the false promise of finding work abroad. Second, they are brought into the country using false visa claims and fraudulent documents. Third, they manage to remain in Australia by taking advantage of lengthy visa reviews and trusted registered migration agents. Some Albanians apply to stay in Australia by claiming that blood feuds back home would endanger them if they returned. And fourth, they carry out criminal activities. Fifth, they are arrested, convicted, and their visas are cancelled. And then you just start all over again with different people.
1: Yes, exactly. So according to the ACCC report... Often applicants will apply for a particular visa knowing it will be rejected. So one of the Australian intelligence files reads, but they exploit the lengthy appeal process so they can generate evidence to support a different visa application.
0: Let's see how the five-stage lifecycle system works in practice. This comes from an AFP media release dated 30 September 2022.
1: Six people, including a real estate agent, have been arrested under an AFP-led investigation into an Albanian organized crime syndicate allegedly operating multiple cannabis grow houses in Melbourne rental properties. Naughty. The AFP launched this investigation into the organized crime syndicate in April 2021 and identified an Aspendale Gardens man, 36 years old, the alleged leader of the syndicate from information obtained during Operation Ironside. We should talk about that briefly in a bit. Police executed a warrant at the man's Aspendale Gardens home in June last year, 7th of June, 2021, as part of the first phase of Operation Ironside, where they allegedly seized an Anom device, along mm. with $270,000 and five designer watches, allegedly concealed in a roof cavity. Now, let's pause for a second there and say what Anom is and what Operation Ironside was.
0: Yeah, Anom was a was a joint uh, agency, um, uh, crime, crime agency um, effort, to create a method of uh, of criminals communicating in an encrypted manner um, that uh, would be safe from prying ears, shall we say, of law enforcement, and they set it up to and encouraged a large number of organised criminal figures to use it, yep. and it led to mass arrests throughout the Middle East, in Australia, uh, in the United States, etc. And in this case. Um, Uh, an Espendale Gardens man.
1: Well, let's not forget Uh, how funny this is because it is a brief brief breakaway. We have covered this before on the podcast, but intelligence organizations got together, created a product, which was a phone, which had software on it, which was encrypted to make sure their communications between themselves were all safe from prying ears of law enforcement, except for the fact that that the devices were law enforcement and they were being listened to actively and it led to all their downfall. Now, I know that's what you said, but I just want to emphasize how funny that is. That yeah. is incredible. And, like, they even did things like charge for it. They made sure that the guys thought it was legitimate. It is one of the most brutal things ever. I'm not all about snitches and ratting, but at the same time, that is a stroke of, like, intelligence genius that I don't think we'll ever see again. So Operation Side always makes you giggle because, fuck, man, they really played them. That's and the
0: criminals who were, who were promoting A-NOM, uh, they were – You know, there are a number of Australians in the Middle East now, in Turkey, uh, who were actually promoting Aynol.
1: Yeah, and And they would have looked uh, like the biggest assholes because they're going, man, these phones are so good. They're super safe and they're fucking, oh, amazing. So
0: these guys all of a sudden were in significant trouble.
1: Yeah, everyone's fucked because they've got a massive evidence thing because they, they, anyway, so that's pretty funny. So the AFP-led investigation, codenamed Operation Ironside South Valhalla, badass, Identified and dismantled two alleged cannabis grow houses located in Keysborough, connected to the syndicate with assistance from Victoria Police, our friends in VicPol. Mm-hmm. 81 cannabis plants, harmless, uh, weighing more than 96 kilos, uh, nice work, were seized from the properties in June 2021. I'm guessing that included all the stems. A 40-year-old Keysborough man and a 24-year-old Noble Park man, who are alleged syndicate members, were arrested in connection to the grow houses. Very sad. On August 2nd, 2022, the Aspendale Gardens man, a 46-year-old Burwood East man, and a 23-year-old Dandenong woman were arrested. I think Aspen yeah. Gardens is a very nice-sounding suburb. I uh, like well, that.
0: Burwood East is is probably a little bit nicer. That sounds um, shit. I like to,
1: uh, there's no gardens uh, in Burwood and, East.
0: And he was a real estate agent. We'll get to him in a minute.
1: Oh, uh, the real estate agent. The, yeah, I love that.
0: This is a fairly routine crime. Dope houses, homes yeah. where cannabis is grown in large quantities, are fairly common. Crime syndicates control them, and one means uh, they have of recruiting people to front or occupy the dope houses by... Patrolling casinos and poker machine venues for gamblers in trouble.
1: That's so fucked up.
0: The syndicates will pay the gambler's debts, but the trade off is the gambler will become a front for the dope
1: house. That's so fucked up. But there's something a bit
0: different going on here. The real estate agent, one from Billard East, mentioned in the the AFP release was 59 year old Joe Tomino. In May, uh, Tamino pleaded guilty to assisting a criminal organisation and possession of methamphetamines after he was accused of securing rental properties for an Albanian drug ring to use as cannabis grow houses. Mm-hmm. Tumino, uh, of of Malvernese, not Burbanese, mm-hmm. Malvern, yes, I remember thinking, yes, uh-huh. that's quite a nice suburb, Malvernese, yeah. was accused by Australian Federal Police of being a key facilitator for a drug gang by handpicking vacant properties that would allegedly be used to cultivate marijuana. Yeah. Huh? Uh, some of those properties were chosen because they were owned by overseas investors and unlikely to be inspected.
1: That's a say. skill set to have, you know. Well done.
0: Uh, and this is another level of sophistication. Australian Federal Police believe Tamino worked for the 36-year-old Avdi Mola. He's the Aspendale Gardens builder oh, who is nice. believed to be the ringleader. Investigators allege Mola, who was born in Albania, is connected to known international organised crime figures in his native country mm-hmm. and was coordinating the drug cultivation operation in suburban Melbourne. Mola was charged with directing the activities of a criminal organisation and drug cultivation. A paron and the women and the woman uh, were charged with drug cultivation. A 6 man has pleaded not guilty to cannabis cultivation. Besides Tomino, the remaining five charged are yet to have their days in court. Oh. Okay. Here's another story taken from the Herald Sun Jail. All right. So
1: in June 2021, Albert Bieber, 33, uh, not like Justin Bieber, uh, Mm B-I-B-A, was sentenced to a minimum of seven years jail before the Supreme Court, having pleaded guilty to a charge of manslaughter. Ooh. So Bieber caused the death, caused the death, that's very nice wording, of Andrew Tumayan, Tumayan? Tumayan? Yeah, Tumayan. Uh, when he shot the 28-year-old in the chest as he was leaving 30 Wantina Road, Ringwood, about 1am on April 17, 2018. On that morning, Tumayan and another man had gone into the property armed with a crowbar and a pair of secateurs with the intention of ripping off a crop growing at the Ringwood address. Hmm. And when they entered the home, they triggered motion sensor alarms, which notified the tenant, who duly telephoned Bieber. I'm guessing the tenant was one of these poor bastards who were on the hook for for gambling. The two men determined the plants were not mature enough to warrant being cut and left the property empty-handed. That's very sad. And it was said in court that Bieber was not connected to the dope house, but he was spotted within minutes. Mm, Not connected? Questionable jumped in his car in Box Hill with a loaded gun, and when he arrived at the Ringwood address, he shot Tumayan, who fled on the scene on foot before collapsing in the driveway of a nearby home and dying there. Very sad. So Bieber was charged with a murder, but pleaded guilty to manslaughter, which the judge said was at the higher end of the offence for the obvious reasons that he arrived at the scene. Um, arrived
0: at the scene with a well firearm. Yeah. With yeah. a firearm. So, so that he, shows there's a fair amount of intent
1: there. He pled out. I mean, he yeah, saved the court right. some time, and they gave that's him a... right. Gave him a pat on the back for
0: it. Now, two weeks before the killing, Albert Biber had appeared at the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, Mm -hmm. where he successfully stalled his deportation, claiming he feared for his life if he was sent home due to the anger of an ex-girlfriend's family.
1: Got to wonder what he did.
0: Albert Albert Biber, an Albanian national, arrived in Australia in August 2013 using a Greek passport and a false name. And even though his fake identity was discovered, Bieber was later granted several temporary visas under his real name. Mm. In April 2014, court files reveal he married a woman in a sham wedding to apply for a partner visa. And when this was rejected, he used the visa appeal process to continue obtaining bridging visas for years. Mm. Almost five years later, he killed and uh, Bieber was also believed to be involved in other forms of drug trafficking.
1: Okay.
0: Now, Bieber has a brother. And as reported by an investigation team with the Nine Media, headed by Nick McKenzie, uh, published in July, let's hear about a little bit more about his, uh, Bieber's brother,
1: John. Yeah. So Bieber's brother's name, Diego Bieber. Is that a, is that a traditionally Abadian name? Yeah. Who had also entered a sham relationship after arriving in Australia and embarked on a number of visa appeals to stall his deportation, stalked and threatened the homicide squad detectives who had jailed his brother. Wow. Hectic. Move that shows brass balls. So, court files released to this masthead, being the nine masthead, yes, after a series of applications show that Diego Bieber tried to plant several kilograms of cocaine from the UK at the Melbourne home of a homicide squad detective, which honestly sounds like a gift, but I understand what they're up to here. But still, several kilos uh-huh. that's that's a fun weekend until you're dead. He was arrested in August 2020 for stalking and intimidating the officer, offences to which he pleaded guilty in the Victorian County Court. They uh, pleaded guilty a lot in uh, April 2022, and he has not been charged with any other offences, including drug-led offences. So evidence presented to the court claimed that Diego had planned to plant a large amount of cocaine at the home of a homicide detective. Like I said, sounds like a gift to me. Why can't I have such misfortune?
0: Uh, Diego Bieber was released into the community and retained his bridging visa for more than 12 months. What? Hello, criminal justice system. Hello, Home Affairs Department.
1: Are you serious?
0: Now, the business of organised grow... Yes, I am. The business of organised grow houses cultivating marijuana for sale in illicit markets is at the bottom end of the scale in terms of criminal intent.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: A grow house is often used as a bank. Get some money in from the sale of cannabis and use that in turn to finance other drug smuggling operations, most notably in the crowded market over retail sales of coke and and methamphetamine. Yeah, fair enough. The problem starts from the fact that the price of cocaine is too high in Australia relative to other Western nations. Just too high. Here, cocaine sells from between 300 to 500, sometimes 600 a gram, depending on quality.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Australian traffickers
0: of cocaine don't need to deal with that price so high, don't need to deal with armour-like toting South American and Mexican cartels. They can make ridiculous profits by importing cocaine from end-user countries in the US and Europe, where the street price is one-sixth of what it is here.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: the lure of massive cash profits has drawn organised criminal syndicates to Australia, including the fairly recent arrival of the Albanian mafia, who... With reckless opportunists like come up against the commission, Ooh. a criminal construct established by the Comanchero OMCG, who set the wholesale and retail prices of cocaine, of cocaine and have an established
1: network of distributors. Yeah, you always wonder why the price of coke never seems to go down, and then you find out, of course, cartels pr- fix prices. That's what they do.
0: That's, it's cartel behaviour. Yeah. It's exactly
1: it's the textbook definition Strain of competition cartel competition
0: and consumer commission. Come on in.
1: I know, honestly, regular. Anyway, so I don't want to yet. Yeah. So on June 27th, convicted drug trafficker Alan Moradian was sitting in his car in Bondi Junction, hanging out broad daylight at 8.30 a.m. With the streets swollen with cars and pedestrians, the commentary associate was ambushed and shot dead by two assailants. Very rude. Very rude.
0: Uh, on 20th September, just this week as we record this, the accused mastermind uh, behind the execution of Meridian has now been charged along with an alleged accomplice. We won't name either man here, but readers may well be aware of the identity, and I'd suggest the involvement of Albanian criminals is not far away in this instance.
1: Mm. So police will allege the 42-year-old male and 31-year-old male themselves did not carry out the act, they gave the go-ahead, all the instructions for it to occur. In
0: 2011, Moradian 48, was convicted and sentenced to prison for his role in the golden gun cocaine smuggling ring, so named because a gold-plated .357-caliber pistol was seized from the Wollongong, Wollongong home of Fancy. one of Moradian's associates. The source of the ring's cocaine was not Medellin, Colombia, or Los Mochis, uh, Mexico. It was Chicago. Yep. The old days and ways of catch and kill your own, a particular philosophy embraced by the New South Wales police decades ago to look the other way while rival gangs shot one another to a sandstill was not a, f- a valid proposition then, much less. Now, if we needed a reminder, the photograph of children, I don't know if our listeners have, have seen this, this photograph of children on their way to school, walking to school with the body of Ferenc David Stemmler, a 28-year-old man who'd been shot dead, um, it was an unfortunate moment where forensic examiners had, bas- the body was still there, covered, blood everywhere. And there's, you know, primary school-age kids just wandering past going, oh, this is just normal. Yep. Because it's yep. getting a little bit normal in, in Sydney's west all this well, stuff. Well, kind of, yeah. 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 Look, the New South Wales Police t- uh, have created a task force. In fact, it predates uh, the murder of uh, Meridian, uh, and they will make arrests. They've already made some. They'll, they'll continue to make arrests. Uh, <clears throat> but those who traffic in cocaine and parlate in bloodshed should receive life sentences. I mean, but this is extraordinarily difficult police work, and it will take months, if not years, before prosecutions begin.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately in this situation, we just have to concede that while these sort of sky-high profits are available to drug traffickers and suppliers, politicians and police are playing this sort of Sisyphean whack-a, whack-a-mole game because for everyone the cop's going to pull up, there's going to be five others willing to take their place. I mean, there's too much money in it and it's too easy.
0: So, yeah, Australia has a serious appetite for cocaine and a long history of using it. So we it's love well. it. But because we are a relatively small market compared to Europe and North America, there are no real established distribution networks between the Mexican cartels or the South Americans.
1: Thank God And to go off on
0: a tangent for a moment, the power balance changed between the Colombian-Venezuelan and Bolivian Bolivian cartels. We'll all remember Pablo Escobar, and he seemed to be, you know, the world's worst man at one particular point. Uh Um, And, of course, Colombia. And originally the cartels in South America... Led by Escobar, used the Mexican cartels to smuggle coke into its largest market, North America, the United yep. States. The Mexican cartels were paid cash up front for their role in getting the product to the marketplace. This led to some really strange outcomes that are still uh, that are still with us today. Joel, okay. uh, Escobar was a massive uh, f- uh, friend of animals. Okay. He had zoos. Uh, and he didn't just, you know, like, a, like your average drug trafficker, have a lion or a yeah, tiger. Yeah, fuck it, yeah. He yeah. had sort of fully, fairly comprehensive zoos, including wow. hippopotamuses or hippopotami, hippopotami whatever you like.
1: Hippopotami, and, U, indeed.
0: And then when, then when it all shattered itself when Escobar's empire collapsed, yep. these zoos just had to be opened up and hippos what? escaped. Hippos. That's that were, not good. Yeah, now Colombia has a hippopotamus problem. They kill people. They have you seen that footage of the boat on a river and this like a torpedo is coming towards them and it's actually a hippo. They're that so was actually, fast. That was actually filmed in Colombia.
1: I haven't seen um, that video you're talking about, but what I do know is that they they're responsible for a lot of deaths.
0: It's terrifying, and it's going this. This hippo is going as fast as the boat, and so they have to rev it up and get the hell out of there. Um, that's so, yeah, terrifying. that's one of the it's um, that, one of the uh, what shall we say secondary sort of effects of Full the Esco- effect, yeah. of the collapse of the Escobar uh, How Escobar Empire. And Colombia now has a hippo problem it didn't have a hippo problem before,
1: <laughs> and now it does. Yeah. But anyway, so, the balance shifted the
0: because too. because the Mexicans said to. Uh, the cartels in South America, um, look, don't pay us in cash, pay us in coke. Oh, wow, okay. And that just changed the whole dynamic. Um, that meant that the Mexican cartels led by the Sinaloa under El Chapo Guzman quickly yep. became the providers relegating the South American cartels to little more than farmers.
1: Interesting. And the
0: power balance has changed. Uh, yeah, it really okay. just kind of overnight when that happened. And yeah. they're, very, they're quite clever. People like Guzman, who now will spend the rest of his life in a federal prison yep. in the United States, uh, were very, very clever about how they got their cocaine into uh, um, into the United States, firstly, but then yeah. basically controlled the whole distribution by yeah. being paid in cocaine. That meant they were just suppliers.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair call. So what we've seen is other groups quickly establishing territory, um... And was said to control about 80% of the cocaine market in Europe, which is fucking insane because that's billions and billions of dollars. Um, 80% is – that's insane. It's so it's this changed. is what we see from international crime syndicates. They collaborate. It's these sort of coalitions of convenience, they'd say, yes. uh, to assist with criminal operations and, you know, and launder money, you know, because you can't – Keep well, that's under their your biggest case. problem.
0: That's when, when all of these international crime syndicates are considered. That's their biggest problem. We'll talk a little bit about this, but it is it is their biggest problem. What to do with all the cash they make? Give it to me. And there's you go anywhere near the United States uh, financial system, you are, you know you, the, you stand the prospect of being charged with money laundering, which. Uh, which comes with a 20-year jail sentence. That's annoying. Um, in the United States. So a number of them are looking at sort of Central and South American um, governments, particularly around Honduras, okay. and, and getting around the banking system that way. But it's for them, it's their own game of whack-a-mole. They'll have to keep moving it on. Yeah,
1: uh, yep.
0: But back to the Australian appetite for cocaine. And the possession of cocaine was first criminalised in New South Wales in 1924. Tragedy. And Victoria followed suit within a year. It would take another four decades before marijuana and heroin were listed as prohibited substances in this country. And mm. But the banning in the mid-20s led to a crime wave in Australia, the likes of which we've never seen before or since. Murder rates and, rights and rates of uh, violent personal crime skyrocketed. Uh, In the wake of cocaine's fresh prohibition, the black market for cocaine added to the rich tableau of uh, Australian criminal history. Luminaries such as Tilly Devine, Chow Hayes, and Squizzy Taylor, Squizzy Taylor, and and Snowy Cutmore, who shot each other to death in a working man's cottage in Carlton in 1927, Uh, they made their names and their awful reputations over the white powder stimulant recently Mm -hmm. prohibited. Mm. And in terms of crime statistics, that decade, the 1920s, was our Everest in terms of crime stats. Challenged but never beaten in our history, even with the introduction of heroin in the 1970s. And we do see another spike in the 80s around that. That's great. But nothing like the 1920s. And prior to its criminalisation, cocaine had been available over the counter in pharmacies. You could just walk up in there and go, mate, I'm feeling a little bit down. What do you got over there? That yeah, I, that, yeah. What, what, do you got, what do you got? That's going. to – You could buy it in powder form. You could perform it in these sort of wonderful elixirs that are, you know, tonics and what have you. Unguents? No, not unguents. Maybe but,
1: some um, cocaine gummies would be quite nice.
0: Yeah. So it was all just available, and and when it became a prohibited substance, um, uh, it, it you know, Australia just lurched into a into a crime spree. Well, we got um, sad. <laughs> everyone's sleeping better. Um, Our weekends but, were but ruined. Still, but yeah. And look, Scott it was Morrison all the story of the weekend. I mean... Um, cocaine distribution, illicit distribution uh, after Prohibition, main, often, not mainly, but often, would occur through prostitution. So the pro- prostitutes people, scumbags like Tilly Devine, who were kind of lauded, oh, I guess they were... Oh, she was lovely in her own way, but she's fucking horror show. Yeah. She... Um, she would basically get girls hooked on coke, and and that was how she would she would pay them in coke. That's rude.
1: Yeah, yeah. Work. Anyway, I can't yeah. imagine getting addicted to coke. I tell you what, if I if I have ever a night out on the uh, on the irregular substances, the next day I'm yeah. like, I never want to touch that again. That's yeah. that was a terrible decision. I just I have no money and I feel sick. Yeah. this is this is awful. Yeah. I don't know how you get addicted? I remember to a man.
0: former but, colleague of mine who said. Uh, I've never been so lonely uh, as I was when I stopped using cocaine. Before that, he had lots Lots of friends around him because he was always buying it. And then when he stopped using it because his accountant rang him up and said, mate, you have no money. Um, Yeah. And they went through his ATM um, extractions and it was 200 here, 200 there. This was quite some time ago. Uh, And, um, yep, stopped taking it and no mates.
1: Yep. No Mm.
0: mates. Yep. 100%. 100%. Anyway, the Albanian groups in Australia will use house groves of cannabis to fund more lucrative um, lucrative and dangerous activities, namely the traffic in cocaine. A little bit of meth as well. Yeah. We've already said coke is too expensive in Australia. Totally and agree. And there are reasons for that, as yeah. we said before. We'll just touch on this again. The, com- the, the commission is a commentario. Creation, the Outlaw well, Motorcycle Gang Commissar and its affiliates set the price and oversee the distribution networks. Ugh. They have created a monopoly and are raking off the profits. Sickened. And betide anyone who would seek to bring drugs into the country and set up their own distribution networks without the permission of the Commission? Ooh, true. But the Albanian syndicates have no interest in abiding by the Commission's rules. Oh. With commission? We don't want no stinking commission.
1: (laughs) He went there. Yeah, he he did. Anyway, but
0: don't don't fear the Comanchero or any of the Comanchero's friends, and that is one of the major reasons there have been a spate of gangland shootings in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Tony Saggers is a former high-ranking officer of Britain's National Crime Agency who has spent years on the trail of Albanian criminals. Saggers told the International Group of Investigative Journalists the Organised Crime and Corruption reporting project, Mm -hmm. CCRP, what did he say to them, Joe? What did he say about them?
1: What did he say? He said, they put a lot of emphasis on being respected for what they do and for doing it well, and just doing it isn't enough for them. They like to dominate by gaining control of volume activity, proving they're the best, and satisfying customer demand. They sound like good businessmen.
0: Well, how's the commission going to deal with that? Here comes an efficient
1: competitor. That is problematic. That is problematic. Yeah, we don't like that.
0: SAGAS and other law enforcement in the UK have been busy in recent times. It is estimated Albanian syndicates control 75% of Britain's brothels.
1: Ooh, wow. Okay. According to
0: analysis in 2012, the syndicates made 15 million pounds a year from brothels in Soho alone. Jesus. But in the last few years, the Albanian mafia was involved more in drug trafficking than in prostitution, and they sold more than five... Just get the... Get your head around this, 500 tonnes of drugs in London alone. That's a lot. Due to their expansive and deep involvement in drug trading, the Albanian mafia has climbed its way to the top of a €5 billion market. Okay. The group uses its connections in South America to ship high quality, low-price cocaine, heroin, and marijuana to European countries, specifically, more often than not, the United Kingdom.
1: That's a great place to do coke because everything else is so fucking miserable. Sorry. Yep, yep. An article in The Guardian showed that the, uh, quote, the latest UK criminal threat assessment says that the Albanians are unusually skilled at developing relationships and forging links with other OCGs. Organised crime groups, Organised yes. crime groups, yep, 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 The cooperation between Albanians and other existing groups has aided in the rapid growth of drug trafficking throughout the United K- Kingdom's residential regions and the price is cheaper. Mm. Much Albanian cheaper. crime
0: syndicates are active in China. Profiting Jesus. from drug trafficking and and the sex industry, Ooh. China. Just think about that for a minute. That but, is a big market place. just drag you away and pop a bullet in you.
1: Um, but there's just so much money there, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think of China as being a big drug destination. You but I must say, the, so. the one child policy be, really did make the the prostitution thing. A lot of the precursors the, for, the for
0: methamphetamine come from Guangzhou. Yeah, um, it's so, so true. So they'd be all over
1: that. Big meth makers.
0: A 2013 report by security services and police on Albanian organized crime in Greece concluded that the Albanian mafia controls approximately 50% of human trafficking in the country, 80% of the retail distribution of heroin, ah. and 90% of the importation of illegal small arms into Greece, Ooh. and that about 50% of armed robberies of homes and businesses, agbergs, in the country were committed by Albanians.
1: Mate, you're already making enough money, aren't you? Like, you're trafficking people, you've got heroin, you're selling guns.
0: They do like committing crime, don't they?
1: Oh fucking hell. In Italy,
0: Albanian crime syndicates have established coalitions of convenience with the Sicilian Colombian mafia as as well as the Neapolitan Camorra. This has enhanced the Albanians' reputations and power various other ethnic crime groups in Poland and in Russia won't deal. Russian mafia won't deal with the Albanians because they are too violent. What? These guys, These guys are too violent. Imagine that. That.
1: that is terrifying because the Russians are known for not exactly being polite. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, so in a yeah, very familiar country, the Netherlands, Albanian crime groups lead the importation of cocaine from South America and through this sort of transshipment via the the port of Rotterdam. Uh, and the, also the further distribution to other European countries from Amsterdam, uh, so, you know, using it as a bit of a hub. But in addition to cocaine trafficking, here's a predictable one. The Albanian mafia in the Netherlands are also engaged in human trafficking and less predictable. I oh, love a bit of fraud too. Property yeah. fraud. I, mean, fraud. I
0: do, love like, do, of, like? do love a bit of I'm going
1: to sell you this bike. Just kidding. I'm keeping the money. I don't know. Oh,
0: you, know you thought this was your house.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. So... In June 2019, the government of the Netherlands requested the suspension of visa-free travel for Albanians. Interesting. Citing claims the Albanian mafia is free to move across Europe because of the visa-free European Union uh, scheme.
0: Yeah, the EU. The EU yeah. with your, you know travel There's, wherever you want to. The around Schengen Europe zone, And so forth. It's, once you get does, in, you can just fucking go around. It does leave itself open uh, when you've got someone who's trying, uh, trying it on. Albanian crime syndicates yeah. have long-established ties with the American mob. LCN and, and Trangita, in the 1980s, Albanian syndicate boss Zevded Joey. We'll call him Joey. That was his nickname, by the way. Zevded Laker, Joey Leica established a reputation that even had the mafia fearful.
1: That is incredibly concerning. So in the 1992 book Contract Killer, written by William Hoffman and Lake Headley, it was noted Joey Leica. Quote, didn't like Italians and they left him alone because he was so violent. Like Japanese kamikazes, his heavy hit of mobsters would go after John Gotti, Paul Castellano, or even President Reagan if Leica gave the word. There was no way to stop people like that and Mafiosi even knew it. Mm. That's concerning. Meanwhile, in Australia, Victoria Police Commander Paul O'Halloran said they're highly adept and can show extreme violence. Uh, they are regarded by his detectives as Highly dangerous. Yeah, they sound highly dangerous. So they we can see a
0: fairly boring. rapid rise. This has yeah. all happened really in the last 20 to 30 years, probably you know, definitely since Hoxha died and this little hermit country in Europe opened up and like Yeltsin, Soviet Union, uh, Russia, Russian Federation collapsing. Um, you know, it was just it, it, what, what the economy transitioned into was just cronyism and corruption.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's sort of exactly That's how the, the, the transition of the capitalism worked in, in Russia. and It hasn't recovered.
0: So who are those people? Let's have a look at them. Let's take a look at one of the case studies from the C's documents, Joe.
1: All right, so Tom Doshi is a powerful Albanian businessman and politician, tied to the country's prime minister, He's suspected of leading an organised criminal group implicated in money laundering, drug trafficking, and other offences in Australia. So we've been through that. Mm. The Klan is, among others, from Škoda. A county in northwest Albania that have systematically abused Australia's immigration system to build, quote, an entire Albanian organised crime criminal structure across South Australia. Across South Australia. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's right for the picking that place. The files describe how, since 2000, Albanian clans have used identity fraud and familial links to migration agents to move their people into Australia, setting up cells in Adelaide, Melbourne, Perth and elsewhere. Doshi is described in the files as the head of a syndicate, principally consisting of his extended family. Though the documents contain no details about his specific activities, they note that eight of his relatives have been implicated in drug and money laundering investigations. In some cases, Quisant? as primary targets. Yeah. That's, yeah, strong strong legal wording there. His relatives are said in the reports to have gained Australian visas using spurious documentation. <laughs> so much legal wording here. One is facing drug trafficking charges.
0: Yeah, that's the Australian Crime Commission for you. In fact, you know, split infinities everywhere. Um, <laughs> but never mind. A doshi who spent years in both countries has not been charged with any crimes in Australia. In his homeland, he had built a business empire that has benefited extensively from state contracts. Kind of like what we were talking about before. He mm-hmm. was designated persona non grata by the United States in 2018 mm-hmm. for, and I quote, involvement in significant corruption and forced out of his parliamentary seat in 2021 following Definitely. years of high profile scandal. Uh, his alleged involvement in the Australian criminal network has never been previously released until the AWC released these
1: docs. Quote, I have never in my life been involved in any way with drug smuggling, human trafficking, arms trafficking, money laundering, or illegal immigration in Australia or Albania or anywhere else. Doshi wrote in response to reporters' questions. Hey, we oh, didn't like,
0: mention, we didn't mention arms
1: trafficking. I was going to say <laughs> that. Like, I mean, that was, a, that was a comprehensive list, wasn't it, champ?
0: In fact... When well, no as one a mentioned arms of- trafficking, what do you get to say about oh oh, oh,
1: oh. oh, oh, whoops. Yeah, yeah, no. No, you said that. I didn't... Yeah, shut up. So, in fact, as a member of the Albanian parliament, I have been a strong supporter of the fight against these types of activities. Mm. Whew. Okay. Quote, again, I have no connection to any Albanian criminal clans based in Australia or to any Albanian criminals anywhere, he wrote. My siblings and their... Th- Children, total 33. Okay, well done. Your siblings and everyone's rooting? Great. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I have little to no contact with them other than to encounter them at funerals or family celebrations. No. What? Okay. Yeah. So you just kind of a dick. pretty
0: much it? how the godfather works, isn't it, too? You know, weddings, yeah. funerals, baptisms. Well, yeah. 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 Anyway. Everybody's breeding. Uh, the AWC documents um, also, uh, part of that case study, revealed that A woman with familiar links to Doshi uh, is working in Australia as a registered migration agent who, and this is quoting from the documents again, likely facilitates criminal activity by achieving migration outcomes for syndicate members arrested for cannabis cultivation and or are closely connected to cocaine trafficking.
1: Mm. So the files go into greater detail of two of Doshi's nephews. Uh, The two men are said to be members of the Lishi Lishi. drug trafficking Mm. syndicate, Lishi, Uh, a gang named after another family, which the documents say uses funds from cannabis grow house sales to import cocaine and meth into Australia. As you said before, he's like a Mm. bank, right? Yep. Police arrested one of Doshi's nephews in Adelaide in March 2022 and charged him with drug trafficking and money laundering after finding cocaine worth $1.6 million concealed inside a smoke machine. Mm. That would be a fuck good disco if they just pumped <laughs> out that Pump that out. Charlie into the dance floor. Hey, redundant, Radunna, Radunna, redunner. I'm talking a lot.
0: I'm really talking a lot. And I feel yeah. really, really confident. My jaw I is I think killing I'm fantastic. Me. I really do think I'm fantastic.
1: Does anyone have some gum?
0: Yeah. Uh, but you're not fantastic. You're on no.
1: joke. You're just uh, mediocre and had,
0: high. nephew had started visiting Europe frequently after acquiring Australian citizen, citizenship almost a decade earlier, the intelligence files say. So, along the way, he and his family bought up extensive Australian properties, raising uh-huh questions for investigators about his income. Hey, buddy, you know not work, man. Where you yeah. all that where Where's this all money that coming time? from, mate? Court officials did not respond to questions about the current status of the case. Now, Dushy's other nephew is no longer in Australia but is suspected to still be involved in Albanian organised crime and high-level drug trafficking. He, too, has had numerous brushes with the law. According to his Australian immigration case file seen by reporters, he has a history of criminal convictions in the country dating back to 2012. And the file cites a minister who rejected his visa application as saying, I reasonably suspect that he has been or is a member of a group or organisation involved in criminal conduct. 2012 oh wasn't ho- wasn't home affairs. It would have been immigration. I'm going to yeah. say Peter Dutton, but it, I may be wrong. But, yeah, the minister's gone, no. no. On advice, you can't no. stay.
1: Yeah, you know, good. So back in Albania, Doshi was accused in 2016 of assaulting a traffic police officer. The officer declined to press charges Uh and the outcome of the case is unknown. That is shady as fuck, obviously. Yeah, just stood over him. There's an implication there. Um, His career has been marked by violence encounters with the law and accusations of corruption. In a 2009 embassy cable published by WikiLeaks, a US diplomat serving in Albania included Doshi at the top of a list of legislators, quote, with ties to organized crime, describing him as the richest MP in the country mm. and adding that he was suspected of trafficking narcotics. Well, 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 well. Doshi's first encounter with the law took place in his early twenties in nineteen ninety while performing his mandatory military service. He was handed a one-year prison term for disorderly conduct after a drunken brawl in the coastal city of Duras. Dures Dures, Dures? Yes. ended in one of his groups stabbing a man. Mm. The conviction didn't stop Doshi's rise. By the mid-1990s, he'd broken into the construction of fuel sectors as Albania up- underwent a rapid transition to free market capitalism. Like you said, on here. This that is, Russian sort of yeah. sell-off of state assets and things. Yeah, very similar, very, very similar, similar, and
0: gave rise to, you know, great powerful crime groups. And yeah. Doshi established a home in Australia in 1997 by multiple properties in Adelaide and living between the two countries for a number of years. It was during this period that he allegedly put in place the criminal syndicate identified by Australian investigators, Uh but he remained active in his homeland. His career took its biggest leap in 2000 when his firm, Aldosh, won tenders to buy two major state-run companies in the dairy and pharmaceutical sectors.
1: Big pharma job. Oh, no, because it's ironic because there's Farmers and big farmer. Mm -hmm. I mean that's just that's double funny. Uh, I'm gonna take that. Dossi became active
0: in politics. He secured his first term in parliament in two thousand five as a candidate with the socialists. He's a socialist job. Yeah. One of Albania's major political parties to represent his native city of Skoda. In a scandalous, widely reported incident three years later, Doshi allegedly assaulted a journalist who asked for an interview about his allegedly fake university diploma. Oh, we've all got one of those. Oh, yeah. A US embassy cable from the time described how bystanders in the hotel cafe, perhaps cowed by Doshi's known violent streak, simply let the attack happen.
1: Oh, that is upsetting. So the journalist did not press charges. You can see there is a bit of a pattern forming here. And uh, Doshi's political rise continued unabated. But in 2009, a US embassy, Cable, silented a disgruntled socialist MB who complained that Doshi, whom he called a thug, had won leverage over the head of the party, Eddie Rama, after investing half a million euros into its recent parliamentary campaign,
0: mm, and Edi Rama went on to become pre- become president of oh, oh. Albania. Yeah, so there you go. And the Socialists did not win that year, but in the next election in 2013, their improved performance in Skoda, where Doshi comes from, helped them secure a national victory and once more placed local power player Doshi in a position of influence. Hey, Fatos Lubo- Lubonia. An Albanian writer and political commentator described Doshi as a powerful ally for the ruling Socialist Party in Albania.
1: For many years, this is a quote, For many years, Doshi has been one of the most important allies of the ruling party of Rama, a party that works for and with a minority of Albanians. His
0: Australian visa Doshi, that is, was cancelled on character grounds in 2015 by Home Affairs Minister. That was Dotsky. Yeah. Uh, and he is not known, and he is not known to have ever been in the country since. So he got the flick. Twenty fifteen, uh, the latest publicly available documents show that a twenty twenty appeal by Doshi to overturn his visa cancellation has not been successful. He told reporters he continues to fight the decision and is very much hoping for a positive outcome. Meanwhile, Doshi had gone on to become an independent MP and later chairman of a small party under whose banner he won his fourth parliamentary term in 2017.
1: Oh, good on him. Oh, good on him. He's doing well. He's doing well for himself. You know, he's found an honest job. That's great. So the following year, the United States sanctioned Doshi for involvement in significant corruption. As the April 2021 election neared, the growing pressure, including public statements by then-US Ambassador Yuri Kim, finally forced him to resign. Oh, tragedy. Yeah. Get it, maybe people will start pressing charges. But he still wields considerable power. In videos posted on Facebook that year, as he declared support for Arma's socialist party, he said its candidates were his own hand-picked choices. The Doshi organisation with links to drug trafficking globally is just one of numerous Albanian drug syndicates active in Australia. So how can we stop these syndicates from increasing their power in Australia? Law enforcement must be fucking losing sleep over this.
0: Well, their answer is we can't. Ah, that's,
1: Uh, That's a simple answer. Just from
0: a quick scan of their activities in Europe alone, the Albanian syndicates turn over billions in black profits and have a raft of foreign governments who, who look the other way while they laundered their money, as we That's mentioned upsetting. before. Yeah. Some, some years ago, as I, as I also mentioned before, Andrangada was rumoured to control 80% of Europe's cocaine market. Their turnover was estimated at $80 billion a Ooh. year. And that alone makes them bigger that our largest publicly listed company, BHP Billiton. They're yeah. bigger than BHP Billiton. That's it's a all... great line from Godfather 2 uh, when the Hyman Roth character says, we're, with all the mafiosi around him, say, including Michael Corleone, he says, we're bigger than US Steel. Well, yeah. they're bigger than our biggest company. Yeah. And, yeah. and the Albanian mafia in Drangetta, we've talked a little bit about, there are these sort of big, big super trials going on in Calabria that has restricted at least their overt practices and because mm-hmm. of these coalitions that they've got with the Albanian crime syndicates and others, yep. um, uh, the Albanians have moved substantially into these big European markets and of course now Australia, huge in the United States too um, with long associations with um, the Italian mafia. Uh, and so much of that trade you know, is now in the hands of the Albanian uh, OCGs. Yep. Um, and we can tidy. The, one thing we can do is tidy the immigration rorts up. And <clears throat> as we've explored, Albanian criminals arrive in this country often with fake passports. And once this is discovered, they claim that they'll be persecuted if returned to Albania. And so they're given protection visas.
1: Well, they've all got very angry ex-girlfriends. <laughs> yes yeah, which well, is a right. very troubling thing. But it's a you common
0: know. thing. And and look, we should have those. We should have those. Um, um, uh, Easily obtain protection visas for people who are genuinely um, fleeing oh, persecution. Yeah. yeah, but what happens is these guys will just tie up the system for a very, very long time. With the bullshit, best way yeah. to actually tidy that up is to deal with new cases. I so say you, you've you got, you've got all these long cases here with appeals and all that sort of stuff. All right, we'll get to those. We'll get to those. But whenever we have something new come across it a desk, we need to actually move on that really, really quickly. That's yeah, okay. how you at least cauterise this, you know, you sort of cauterise the problem that yeah, way. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and it is it is one of those things. It sort of needs a bit of direction from the Minister, Claire O'Neill, uh, the Home Affairs Minister, now Claire O'Neill. Yeah. And and, and so those, those are directives that need to be made. And often with the advice of the department, uh, this is the best way to deal with this. And, look, we should have protection visas in this country. They're really important. I mean, Australia should be a a place where people who are persecuted elsewhere around the world can come and feel some degree of safety. But when when they're being rorted in this way, the best way to get rid of your backlog, strangely enough, is to kind of let that backlog alone and move on the new cases and move swiftly and rapidly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, look, let's not forget what the problem is. Criminals are being sent to our country to commit crimes with virtual impunity. That's yes, what it's okay. all about. That's what the immigration writing is all about, You know the five-stage process we talked about before. Yep. The worst thing that can happen to them is they go to jail and they don't fear jail. No. <laughs> jail's a jail's holiday. And then yes. they get deported. But once that has happened, five criminal syndicate members have arrived to take their place. Uh-huh. And beyond that, there is very very little else that can be done. I mean, this is one of the things. We've had drug prohibition in the world now. I mean, let, let me go back. We have had we had the Americans went through alcohol prohibition for just ten years at an entrenched organized crime, particularly like Cosa Nostra around that that started essentially from bootlegging.
1: Now they I got see, rid which- of
0: that after ten years. But it yeah. took them 80 years, another, well, sorry, no, another 60 years to get rid of or to, to diminish the influence of LCN. Um, but drugs have been prohibited now for decades and decades and decades. And what there is now is so firmly entrenched, so moneyed up, so uh, capable of infiltrating our political institutions, our financial institutions, that... Um, that there's really no way of stopping them, yeah. Uh, yeah. And th- and that is whether they're Albanian or otherwise. That is just the way things are. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of these things you'll find that, that, that the Albanians or in uh, Drenica that they're they invest in commercial real estate. Yeah, you know, they're laundering money in Europe on uh, on 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 light commercial real estate and residential properties. Yeah, that's just that the biggest problem they've got, Joel, is they. They don't, don't know what to do with all the cash they get.
1: That's their yeah, biggest problem. Give it to me. I'm telling you, guys. Yeah. I'm happy to take it. So
0: that's it. They are too powerful to be brought down. When one leader dies or is jarred, one or more pops up to replace him. And you often see this. It was the same thing with when Guzman was arrested. You think, oh, okay, well, you know, there won't be any more crime now. There won't be any more Sinaloa cartel. In fact, there was a rush of blood um, <clears throat> and people being executed all over the place because... Once the leaders go, there's destabilisation and people are aiming for the top themselves, a lot of, yeah. lot of blood. So that's when you do make these really significant arrests, or police do, that's what, what happens. In the wake of it, it's, there's uh, people being popped left, right and centre.
1: So what you're telling me is that gangland violence is basically a sort of antitrust action uh, that is regulating the oh, price of cocaine to go downwards. Well, because <laughs> I'm, I'm that might be one this. of the
0: eff- that might be one of the effects. I, I, well, I don't know that I'd say to the Albanian that, that I'd say of the Albanian mafia that they're going to bring in cheaper coke to Australia.
1: Well, I think if that is a, an unfortunate side effect of some classic capitalistic competition, which may or may not involve a little bit of bloodshed, well, for one, I welcome our new Albanian warlords into this country to regulate the price of cocaine, which the (laughs) ACCC has done fuck all about, and I don't think they're going to do anything about it.
0: Just some purity standards.
1: You know, we need... Some regulation in the sector, and if this is what it's going to take, then I'm I'm all for it. I'm also saying this so they don't shoot me after this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, we had this sort of this hand wringing in Melbourne around the underworld wars of the turn of the century, and um, and and it's and it's just like oh my God, there's one there's one being killed every every couple of months. Oh, yeah. Like, you have a look at Sydney. Have a look at Western Sydney now, and have a look have a look at Melbourne now. Particularly around the northeast and northwest, and it's like one a one a week.
1: Well, I tell you what, there's one solution to this: go and get yourself an ice bag, get a get a get a case of CB Co, and just sit down on the couch and just have a good night. You know, and make you feel much better about things. Well, it
0: is a recreational drug. It and, is a recreational uh, and if drug. If you're going to recreate, then uh, you got to go with that. And That's you it. have been listening. Have you been listening, Joe? How you hard have hard been to listening thing? to the conditional release program. With your host Jack the Insider and Joel Hill,
1: that's uh, us. Uh, Jack we found on Twitter and at Jack the Insider and Joel, kind of me ish on at Crunchy Moses with mm. AK. I don't really care for Twitter anymore, but I will still check my DMs. And every now and then, I'll go on there and just be like, "Oh, Nazis are bad." Uh, we set up a Facebook page. You can find fairly easily. Shitposting posting group is great. If you look up the condition release program, ship posting, it's a lot of fun. Lots of memes. Lots of great posts from people who are really, really well versed in the movement. Um, And, you know, some of that just dumb conspiracy shit. It's funny. But also, please share the episodes on social media because we do need your help in growing um, because there's a lot of people who like this stuff who don't know we exist. Uh, Mm. And that's your fault So fix it. Thank you.
0: That is your responsibility. And we have a Patreon, as we said, (laughs) at the front of the program to help keep this sustainable. It's bloody time consuming and we still have to pay rent. Help keep the lights on.
1: Yep, yeah, we do need that. For as little as five dollars a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, including a weekly premium episode and a massive fucking backlog of some funny things, some interesting things, some topical things, and some things that are really fucking stupid. But we do make it worth your while. And honestly, if you were to listen to all the premium episodes back to back, you'd probably die. It's a lot of it. It's Man. a lot of really like, a, this is, this is the lot
0: people's treaty is, is still one of my favorite
1: content. things we did. It was great. It was, it was, it and was finally. Pretty.
0: All feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to say that the laundry, the Albanian laundry, has arrived. And how many shirts would we like?
1: Oh, I'd like as many shirts as give me. Albanian.
0: Oh, the Albanian laundry.
1: <laughs> yeah, the one where they give you free money for no reason and give you cheap coke because I told them to. Yeah, lower yeah. that price, boys. Thanks, Jairo. Thanks, listeners.
0: Hope you've enjoyed it. See ya. See
1: you, guys. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people.